And now, from the Room 111 Studios, it's Hacking Engagement with James Sternovan. Hey there, listener. Welcome back to the Hacking Engagement Podcast. On today's show, you're going to listen to someone else interview me. Now, that's a switch. And the reason for this is auspicious. My book, Hacking Engagement, was published last weekend. So, check it out, man. This is the book launch episode. The Hacking Engagement book launch episode. And I'm just going to have uh, Mark Barnes, uh, my publisher, interview me. Uh, we recorded this interview a couple days ago. I thought it was solid. It'll tell you everything that you need to know about the book and hopefully entice you into buying it. And so I'm just going to play that interview on my podcast, the Hacking Engagement Podcast. And just a heads up, you have to listen next week. Next week, I have a panel of students discussing how to use celebrity couple nicknames in your class. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> That's something you got to hear. So here we go with my interview with Mark. Today, we are going to hack learning with... One of my good friends and one of the most exuberant, entertaining, exciting educators I know, the amazing, the inimitable Jim Sturdivant. And Jim is going to tell us all about something that I think is so important in education. It is so cool. We're going to talk about engagement, and it's something that seems easy, but man, is it elusive for teachers. The idea of getting kids excited about learning and let me tell you, you're in for a treat because there's nobody better at this than Jim Sturdivant, author of You Gotta Connect and author of Hacking Engagement. And let me tell you, you know, hack learning books. We've got five strategies. We've got 10 ways to do things. In Hacking Engagement, Jim Sturdivant gives us 50, count them, 50 tips and tools to engage teachers and learners daily. So I'm so excited to talk about engagement. Jim, you ready to hack learning today? <laughs> yes, sir. Mark, I sound awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you do, don't you? <laughs> Pressure's on. I, I, I got to meet this guy. <laughs> yes, sure. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you, go ahead. Introduce yeah, yeah. yourself. Talk a little engagement, and then we'll dive into the problem, the hack, and what you can do tomorrow. You know something, man. I this is so important. I mean, it, it it's the whole ball game. We talk about all this stuff in education, but if they're not tuned in, it we're just like the we're like the background teacher voice on Charlie Brown, unless <laughs> they're engaged. And so, no. I mean, this is what I like to say, Mark. I like to grab my students by the virtual lapels <laughs> and draw them in to my lesson. Now, please don't think that that's too aggressive. What I'm, what I mean by virtual lapels is just make them lean in, make them want to hear. And, and, and that's, that's it. That's the whole ballgame. If you can get them to do that, then all the other stuff follows right along. All the other things that you're trying to accomplish occur. Manifest and it sounds so easy. It it just, you know, <laughs> if you can grab that virtual lapel, if you can shake the kids up and you can get them excited, then, man, they'll learn. They'll be 
into your lessons. They won't be bored. Maybe yeah. they won't be disruptive. You know, teachers complain about that a lot. And it sounds easy, but, you know, it's really the problem. You know, the student engagement, teachers struggle with this. Yeah. And uh, why is that, do you think? Well, and let me just throw this little uh, sideline in. This is year number 32 for me in the classroom. It's gotten tougher. I mean, there's no question that attention spans have shrunk, and you have to work harder at this. Uh, when I started teaching in the mid-1980s, it was easier. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. And it is more challenging today, but I like a challenge, and I bet you uh, your listener likes one too. And so here's the problem I see. There's a couple problems, but here's one huge problem. And, I, Mark, I hear this from every educator that I talk to about this book that I wrote, Hacking Engagement. They say, you know, a lot of teachers confuse uh, engagement with compliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> In other words, if the kids are doing what you ask them to do, they're engaged. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know why people get that confused, but they do. So that's one thing. You might think that you have them engaged just because they're doing what you're asking them to do, but but that's not engagement. You don't know that they're focused on what you're saying or passionate about what you're doing. So so don't take that attitude. A lot of teachers do. Something else, you know, they get and, and it's totally understandable. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on educators today to perform and to to get their kids to do well on tests. There's an incredible focus on content. Right. But, but when you get focused on that too much, you forget the engagement part, which will allow them to learn the content. Right. So, so, so it's uh, just this forgotten part of the planning process for tomorrow's lesson. I mean, and it's so important. Yeah, so teachers are they're overwhelmed with content. Yeah. They they mix up engagement and compliance. So this is the problem with student engagement. So let's talk about the hack. What well, do we on, do Mark. to hack it? Hold on, Mark. I have something else too. Another problem. Yeah. Okay. It, let's hear it. Is not only do people focus on content, not only do they get uh, compliance and engagement confused, but they forget the fact that when they're on their free time, they like to do things that they enjoy doing. So we forget about introducing enjoyment into our classroom. And if you want to engage students, if they're enjoying themselves, they're engaged. Yeah, so that's a huge one. You know, I, and I, I, I love the way you articulate that, Jim, because I've said to people before about adults, you know, teachers as adults. I'm like, think of your own adult life. You know, mm-hmm. what do you do? What do you want to do? And think about things like if you're if you're in a, a professional development session. Mm-hmm. You know, teachers complain all the time about professional development and they talk about how it's boring. And they talk about how presenters stand in front of you and they deliver information and they read from their PowerPoints and you know, and they're like, Man, it's so boring. And then you think about it and you go, Okay, well, how do you teach? Right. And a lot of them would say, you know, if they were being honest, a lot of them would say, well, yeah, you know, I'm kind of <laughs> like that. You know, so I, I think then what I'm hearing too in, in the problem is talking about that connection. So let's talk a little bit uh, about the hack and what we do to fix this problem. Well, I love the way my book is organized because I attack this, this challenge. I'm not going to call it a, I, I hate to call it a problem. I'm going to attack this objective this this challenge on three fronts 
there's a there's a large portion of this book which will give you tech tools that you can use tomorrow. Now, Jennifer Gonzalez, a good friend of yours and mine, made a wonderful point about tech tools. When you when when many teachers hear the word I have a tech tool for you to use, they immediately go into shutdown mode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because there's another username, there's another password, there's another thing that you have to figure out. And, and you know, you don't have much time to do it, nor do you have the inclination to do it. And this thing that you're trying to figure out, you may use once in class, once a year, for, for 10 or 15 minutes. So in my book, I put great emphasis on tech tools that you can use on a regular basis. And so these are things that will... Transform your class that, that you can use on a regular basis. That's one, that's one strategy. I also want to focus on bonding with students. And I have to tell you this brief story. I, I tell it in the book in the introduction. I was going to college, humanities guy, had to take a science class, just dreaded the thought of taking a science class. I thought this is going to really destroy my grade point average. I'm going to hate the class. I took the easiest class on the schedule, which was geology, which we called rocks for jocks. So I go, yeah. I go walking into geology the first day and I'm thinking, Oh, geez, this is going to be awful. In walks this professor. Now this is 1980. This is back when professors dressed up. He walks in. He's wearing a flannel shirt. He's wearing a pair of jeans. He's about five foot four. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's got this beard hanging down below his collarbones. Very first thing out of his mouth is, boy, teaching geology has gotten me into a lot of trouble with my wife. <laughs> and so we're thinking, okay, <laughs> where's, where's this going? He goes, you know, to me, uh, a million years is a blink of an eye. So it's really hard for me to be excited about being 15 minutes late to pick up my wife. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this guy actually has a personality, a science teacher with a personality. What a wonderful find. Mark, over the semester, I grew to love that class. I ended up with a B in there. It didn't destroy my GPA. And I'll bet you that your listener has had an experience when they walked into a class as a student and they were dreading the experience, and they ended up loving the class because some cool teacher reached out and bonded with them. Yeah, I, I think everyone has a story like that. It's a fabulous story about you know engagement, about getting people excited about mm-hmm. something, about thinking, well, this guy's got a regular life. I, I always love when I had teachers or professors who I felt like they're a regular person. You know, yes, and, I, and I think we don't think about that enough with kids, you know, the kids, <laughs> if they think you're a regular person, you know, because yeah. they all think you're, you know, you, you use that old uh, Charlie Brown reference in the yeah. beginning, you know, they, that's what the kids look at teachers. And so, uh, sadly, too many of them hear that, you know, wah, wah. <laughs> it's like, right, this man. is not a person. So, Jim, there's so much in the, in the stories you're sharing and mm-hmm. I love that, you know, in your book, Hacking Engagement, you talked about tech tools people can use all the time, but also bonding experiences. So it's not just a tech book. There's 50 tips and tools in here, yeah. and and we're just really touching on a few of them in our short time. So uh, I, w- I want you to continue 
to elaborate on these, and I know we're going to mix in some what you can do tomorrow strategies free, and I know you talk so much about that stuff in hacking engagement tools that uh, are, are free, bonding experiences that, of course, are free. So, Tim, <laughs> sh- share a little bit more about that stuff and mix in some of those what teachers can do tomorrow to engage their students. Absolutely, man. And And, and one thing I didn't get a chance to talk about was I'm also really big on the powers of storytelling. And so that would be a strategy. So I like to think of three categories, uh, tech tools, bonding, and then just basic strategies, basic approaches to teaching a lesson. That's what, that's what's emphasized in the book. Now I want to talk about this amazing little tech tool. And this little tech tool that I want every listener to download today Mess with it at home. It'll be fun. I guarantee it. Bring it in tomorrow and your kids will be off the hook. That's how excited they'll be about this tech tool. It's called Voxer. Now, I am speaking right now with Mark Barnes. I wouldn't know Mark Barnes if it weren't for (laughs) Voxer. My book, Hacking Engagement, would not exist if it weren't for Voxer. I have friends around the country that I value tremendously because of Voxer. But that's just from a teacher standpoint. You're like, okay, hallelujah, this old guy likes Voxer. (laughs) In the research I did for this book, I talked to someone I met on Voxer by the name of Debbie Olson, great teacher out in Long Island, New York, and just coming up with some ideas on some, some hacks I could write about. And she said, Jim, have you ever thought about taking your literature circles, and turn them into Voxer circles. And I'm like, no, I've never thought of that. She teaches third graders. For those of you who don't know what Voxer is, it's the 21st century walkie-talkie. It's absolutely free, and it allows kids to collaborate outside of your classroom. Now, she said that in her 20-some years of teaching, she has never had a more powerful hook. She had disengaged uh, third grade boys who wanted nothing to do with reading, all of a sudden, ultra engaged, focused, absorbed in this little tool called Boxer, and they became great readers in the process. So I have this group. I teach high school students. I tried this, Mark, for the first time just months ago. I can't tell you <laughs> how into Boxer my students are. We have these little literature circles. I give them prompts, and they interact with each other. They collaborate, that wonderful word, outside of my classroom. This weekend, as soon as I get done talking to Mr. Barnes, i got to start grading some more research papers. Probably about half the students I had questions about their research papers. I voxed them. They voxed me right back. They answer those faster than they answer emails or texts. I'm amazed. So this is just one tech tool, and like I said before, if I'm going to promote a tech tool, it's going to be a tech tool that you're going to use all the time. It's not going to be for just one lesson. Yeah, Jim, you know, I've talked about Voxer on this show, and what I love, you know, our connection on Voxer, I know Debbie from Voxer, Mm -hmm. and so many other people in these amazing groups, and, and, you know, we carry on discussions that make us better professionals in Voxer groups outside of school. Constantly. I mean, I have, I'm talking on Voxer with other educators from around the world 
on weekends, you know, sometimes just sitting somewhere and saying, hey, let's just have a chat. And and that is a rich conversation. Sometimes it's personal, but other times it's really about making us better. And you're telling me that kids will go home, third graders and high school kids will go home, grab their device and get on Voxer and talk about learning. Isn't that amazing? Now, that is a powerful hack. One of 50, right? Right, yes, sir. <laughs> Give it, Jim, we're, I know the listeners are starving for more. You, you, we don't have a ton of time, but give us something else. Okay, I got to give you one more. That's all I'm going to give you, Mark, is one more. All right. <laughs> so here's the deal. Mark Barnes voxed me last summer. <laughs> he said, hey, have you ever thought about writing a book on engagement? And I said, yeah, sure, that sounds great. He says, well, why don't you write one hack and send it to me, which is what I did. Out of the 50 hacks, Mark Barnes, he still loves this hack. <laughs> it's his favorite hack. And Mr. Barnes, I am so uh, enthused about this hack that my next episode of the Hacking Engagement Podcast, you're going to love this, is going to be a panel discussion among my original sources, my students, and they're going to talk about the power of this hack. So is that enough teasing? That's Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat here, and I bet other people are too. Okay, here's the deal. School starts. Begin the semester, and you're, and you're struggling to learn your students' names, which is a problem. You cannot engage students if you don't know their name, <laughs> if, the, if you're calling them you know, the wrong name, or if you're pointing at them and saying, hey, you, that's that's really a bad way to be with young people. So I struggle with this. I'm terrible at learning names. I, I, I thought there's got to be an easier way. And I don't know how I came up with this idea. I, I have no clue. It's just one of those things that just evolved over time. But uh, Brad Pitt, and Angelina Jolie, for some odd reason, came up in my class, and I referred to them as Brangelina, and all the students were like, yeah, we, we know who that is, man. We know who that is. That, that's a, you can throw that reference out in contemporary American right. culture. Everybody's going to know what that is. Sure. So I thought, okay, that's two names morphed into one. I'm having a hard time remembering these kids' names. What if I take their first name and their last name and morph it into one name? <laughs> and what happened was I had a blast doing this. The kids had a blast getting their new moniker. Uh, sometimes the, the evolutions of these names is bizarre to say the least. <laughs> Oftentimes it'll be a verb, uh, excuse me, a noun of some sort. I have a girl called Elizabeth uh, Bender. I just took the L from her name and made her the blender. <laughs> she loves that name. It does a lot of stuff. Number one, it helps you remember a kid's name. Sure. Number two, it bonds you together. Number three, Mark, it builds student allegiance to your class. Oh, well, they walk that's a powerful there, thing. They walk out of there thinking, uh, Mr. Sturdivant calls me the blender. No one calls <laughs> me the blender. That's cool, man. <laughs> so, so those are all powerful things. Now, you might be thinking, I am not creative enough to create these celebrity couple nicknames out of their first and last name. How in the world can you do this? Well, sometimes they just happen organically, but you can also challenge the kids to morph their own name. <laughs> so so give them the power to create their own moniker. And the only downside to this is 
I forget the real names. <laughs> so I'll see him five years later and say, hey, Blender, what's up? And right. she's like, but that's a beautiful thing. It doesn't yeah. matter really if you remember their real name. The key yeah. is there's a name. And, you know, it's so important. And, and I'm sure some people are like you and and me because I had this problem too, man. I, I used to tell the kids, oh, I'll be the last teacher to remember your name. What a terrible thing to tell kids, right? I mean, my goodness, I I thought back on that, and I was like, why would you ever tell kids that? It's just like, well, you're not important enough to remember. It's Mark, a terrible thing, terrible, and I, I, I just I, love I have, this. I have to tell you something, man. I went out on a date in college, and I was really excited about this date. I had had my eye on this young woman for about a month, and she broke up with her boyfriend, or I guess the boyfriend broke up with her. I'm not, I don't really remember who broke up with him, but I, I sprung into action, man. I said, Hey, would you go to this movie with me? And she said, yes. And she called me her ex-boyfriend's name Uh-oh. Three, three times on that date. <laughs> so yeah, you want to call people by the right name or at least make up a new one for them. <laughs> well, I, I love it. And as you said, Jim, this is, it, from the beginning, I was like, oh, my goodness, I love this. And I challenged you. I said, you know, can can you come up with 49 more things like yeah, this? No problem, because man. Because this is too much. And, you, and you've done it, and it's amazing. And, hey, you know, I don't know if you saw this, but I shared a, a graphic on Twitter some time ago, and, and it was just sort of to, to get people excited about hacking engagement. And I showed uh, some of your names that you've used from this amazing <laughs> hack, and then – I don't know if you noticed, and I don't think I told you, but I I did this on your name. So oh no, I didn't see. Yeah, that. so you're James Sturdivant, and it's James, and then the name last name begins S T U R. So when I included one of these, I made up for you with the ones that you share in the book, and I called you Jamster. Oh my god, S T U R. So you're Jamster, buddy, Mister Barnes. That's <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. I, gotta go find that tweet. I mean, if people yeah. aren't just amazed at how fun this is, I bet yeah. you listeners right now, it doesn't matter what time of year it is. It's a great time in the beginning of the year to use this to remember kids' names. But I guarantee you we've got listeners right now thinking of kids' names and doing this <laughs> and thinking, i got to go in tomorrow and we got to do this because <laughs> it's so fun. And like you said, it creates a bond and it creates this allegiance and, and man, is that powerful. And there's yeah. so much more of this in hacking engagement. I'm so excited about it. So, uh, so Jim, tell us uh, uh, where we can find it. Tell people where they can connect with you and engage with you because I right. know you love doing it. So uh, do that before we're out today. Sure. I mean, if, if you just go to hackingengagement.com, you will see uh, 50 ways to do it. <laughs> hackingengagement.com. You can... Uh, Connect with me on Twitter, at James Sturdivant. And then my email address is P, as in Papa. J, as in, my gosh, Mark, what's the NATO alphabet <laughs> for J? What is that? Jamster? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> P, as in Papa. J, as in Jamster. That's beautiful, sir. Uh, Sturdivant. And you spell that S, as in Sam. T, as in Tango. U, as in Uniform. R, as in Romeo. T, as in Tango. E, as in Echo. V, as in Victor. A is in Alpha, N is in November, T is in Tango. I have learned painful lessons about how important it is to spell that out <laughs> at gmail.com. Well, we're going to make it easy on people, too, because we're going to put it on our show notes page at hacklearningpodcast.com, along with the links 
back to this incredible book that I, I'm so excited about. And, you know, people probably get tired of hearing me say that because I say it about every hack learning book that comes out because we are truly solving problems in education in hack learning. And, you know, it's, it's my baby. And, man, I'm so excited about it. But what I love is that I get to engage with amazing people like you and all of the other authors in the series. So I'm super excited. I think people are going to love these 50 tips and tools. I think they're going to love them so much that they're going to want more, Jim. So who knows? Listen, Mr. Barnes, I have one dirty little secret I got to lay on your listener before we leave, and that's uh, if your kids are having a lot of fun in your class, my prediction is you'll start having a lot of fun as a teacher. And that's so powerful. I agree. And I'll tell you what, if you're, if you're not having fun as a teacher, then, uh, you need hacking engagement because it's all about the fun. Yes, sir. Jim Sturdivant, thanks so much for this. It's been amazing. And I know people are going to want to hear more. So they're going to get over to your hacking engagement podcast. Uh, how cool is that too, to be able to hear Jim talk about this weekly? So we'll link that on the show notes as well. Jim, thanks so much. We're excited about Hacking Engagement, and we'll do this again sometime. Yes, sir. Take care. So here we are at the What You Can Do Tomorrow section. Hey, guess what you can do tomorrow? You can buy my book. (laughs) You know, I'm really proud of the way this book came out. I think it will help a lot of people. So if you're interested, go to hackingengagement.com, or you can look up Hacking Engagement on Amazon, or you can look up James Sturdivant on Amazon. I think you'll find it pretty easy. Hey, good luck tomorrow engaging your students. Show notes for this episode can be found at jamesallensternament.com. If you enjoy Hacking Engagement, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes.